God is so good. God has been doing some really incredible things in this congregation. Um, but not only in this congregation, but in us individually. Uh, I feel like I've been hearing the uh, reoccurring term of the body, the body, the body, the body, 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 body. The body is very important, but it's also important who is in the body. matters what, who, who's the leadership. It matters who the pillars are. It matters who is uh, allowing God to speak through them to speak to his people. Like Brad was, was mentioning this earlier today. You, bro, you hit it right on the spot. And God has a special word today. It's not very often that I get something and it has to permeate so much in, in my spirit. And it's hard to put on paper sometimes. And uh, God is doing real, something just so special in this place. God has a special word for each and every one of us in this place today. I want to say that prophetically because we all have something special for the kingdom of God or inside the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Our God is a master builder, a master creator. If you look at the human body, it is just incredible. Each part's given its own job, its own function. You have an inside and outside, its own design, but each part is very different in its own working, but it's all working in unison. The interesting part is that each extremity of the body and every internal part of the body is connected all through this thing called tissue, through the blood and the thing that moves it, the, the nervous system. And that all leads to the brain. All those things are connected to the brain that runs the whole show. Amen. One limb, a fingernail, a piece of skin, just a small piece of hair can affect one portion of the body affecting the rest of the outside of the body. The outside of the body can be dismembered while the inside of the body is still just in a state of homeostasis. And homeostasis is, is the ability for our body to adjust into its climate that it's in. So it's the outside being affected, but the inside's trying to trying to move around and, and it's trying to affect the outside of the body, amen. And the kingdom of God is just like that. The kingdom of God is very structured and organized. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 20 in the NLT says, But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where he wants it. How strange a body would it be if it had only one part? Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Many parts, but only one body. Praise God. Jesus is the head, amen. That's what the scripture says. And inside the church, it allows us, as his body, to be present. As the legs, the feet, the hands, while he's always running the show from the inside. But as the extremities of the body, we have to allow ourselves to be given a specific purpose to run. We have to be used in a special way to be used as we are the extremity of the body. We're not the inside because Jesus is only the inside. We're the outside of the body. Amen. According to statistics, there's billions of people around the world who claim to be a Christian people. And out of those billions of people, God has a specific purpose for each and every one of these people. God has a specific purpose for your hands today. 
The Bible says we are to sweat or work hard for the food that we eat every day due to original sin. Amen. God has a specific purpose for our legs today to be able to move to get where we need with ease. But without legs, it's not very easy. It's quite hard to maneuver. Without legs, it's hard to run a race. Amen. Without legs, it's hard to do anything. But in God's kingdom, we're not bound by that physical body. Amen. We're not bound by our physical stature, but, but we're based out of a spiritual stature. Amen. God has a specific purpose for each and every one who is grafted into this wonderful faith. While we're sleeping, our hands can move or we can twitch. Our muscles remember how to move without our nervous system doing anything. But to do so without the nervous system, our brain can't tell our limbs to move. Our brain can't tell our fingers to play the piano. Our brain can't tell our legs to run if we don't have a nervous system. Amen. A calling cannot be fulfilled without a purpose, and a purpose doesn't come without an anointing. Amen. So the title of my message today is An Anointed Purpose. Praise God. We are the temple of God, Scripture says. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Know ye not that ye are temples of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? That's awesome. We're a temple. That's, that's incredible. But temples take some work. Temples have to be built. Um, there's going to be a day when they're going to build another temple in Jerusalem. And it's going to be one of the most contested and hot things. You'll see it in the news. It's Bible. You'll see it. And one day it's going to be just incredible just how beautiful that temple is going to be. But temples have to be built by God. Temples have to be built by the Spirit. Amen. Moses had specific instructions on how to construct the tabernacle. And he received the instructions in which God commanded as Moses began to build the temple all the pieces of the tabernacle had to be created or built in a certain configuration. I mean, if we use our common sense, it's from the inside out, right? Right? God tells Moses to first bring in the Ark of the Covenant and then cover that Ark with, with the veil. And then we have the table of shoe bread, the candlesticks, the altar of incense, and then the door of the tabernacle. And outside the door is... Uh, the labor of water, and uh, the uh, brazen altar, amen. And, that, and, and that's just inside of that building or inside of that tent as, as we have it here. Eventually, Solomon goes on. Da David would, wanted to build a temple, but God said, nah, you, it's not for you. It's for your son. And I could preach on that, too. That's incredible, just, just awesome, but... Solomon eventually built our, our, the physical second temple. Amen. We enter into the tabernacle through the method that was intended, but God constructs the temple inside of us just as Moses had instructed the temple to be built. We are all temples of God. Amen. Not only is the tabernacle a type and a shadow of Jesus, but it's also a type and a shadow of the body of you and I. The scripture says we're a temple, right? 
To get into the temple, we have to enter in at the brazen altar in repentance. We're washed at the laver of water in baptism. We're blessed by the articles before the ark. We're baptized with the Holy Spirit as we enter into the Holy of Holies. Amen. But as God uses us or constructs us as we are the temples of God through our relationship, our relationship with God starts with the foundation. Our relationship with God starts with the Holy Ghost entering into us. Amen. The Holy Spirit allows us to construct the, construct the temple within us by having the foundation of the Spirit of God. We develop our relationship as we walk in. Thank you, Jesus. But as we develop our relationship, as we walk in, we have to walk into the temple in order to receive something from God. Amen. And, and we have to walk into the temple. We have to take the steps. Amen. In our relationship with God to get into the temple, to get into the presence of God, there's a step that it takes, amen. God can give us the Holy Ghost before we're baptized. God, the, the order of the temple walking in, in the new covenant, doesn't necessarily matter, but we still have to partake of these things, entering into the temple as we have it today. But the important thing is that we cannot build the temple and enter in in a different way. We have to build it in a specific way. That Moses had to build the altar or the temple in a specific matter because then only would the uh, configuration be complete if he built it in, in the correct way. The, the altar or the Ark of the Covenant had to be in the very back. It had to be covered. It had to be in the spot of the Holy of Holies. Amen. As we develop our relationship with God, we walk in the covering of God as the ark covered the veil. And as, the re as we read the word of God and we consume it daily, then we, we get past that veil and, and, and then we enter in at the table of shewbread. And we praise God and lift up our sweet savor unto the Lord as we walk in the covering as, uh, as the altar of incense and we walk in the covering that we're the light of the world as the candlestick, amen. And then we get to the door. As we live for God, God calls us all to a ministry. God may all allow us to, to build the temple of God. And God allows things to come in and out of our lives to build us, amen. God allows us to experience things to encourage us. God allows us to go through something before we can be anointed for a specific purpose. 
God may require us to get some things in order before we can get anointed, amen? If we look at Moses, he had to build the temple first before it could be anointed, amen? Moses had to do specific things before the temple could be anointed. And remember when I said that the, the tabernacle is a type and a shadow of Jesus, Moses is also a type and a shadow of Jesus. So Jesus builds us. Jesus builds us from the inside out. Amen. It all starts with the relationship with him. It all starts with the presence of God inside of us. I mean, when we get baptized and, and, and we receive the Holy Ghost, that just isn't the end of our relationship with God. We have to build that thing. We have to do certain things in order to build our relationship with God. Amen. We have to be anointed after, after. We are all called to a purpose. We're all called to a ministry, amen. It might not be up here. It might be doing, going to Safeway and ministering to somebody, amen. That might be your ministry. It might be your ministry hanging up some tracks on somebody's car, amen. It might be sowing some seeds. That's, that's your ministry, Amen. But you got to build a temple before you can be anointed for that ministry. Amen. God's going to give you a purpose someday. God's going to give you something someday. Amen. But that temple has to be built before it can be anointed. Amen. The Ark of the Covenant couldn't be put into the temple without the tablets. Amen. It couldn't be complete without Aaron's rod. Or it wouldn't have the provision of God without the, manta, without the manna. The tabernacle couldn't be anointed without a peace being in its specific place at the specific time. Amen. Our relationship with God can be years and, and, and decades and, and generations. Amen. But God builds us through time. God builds us through experiences. Amen. The Ark of the Covenant wouldn't be the Ark of the Covenant without a testimony. The Ark of the Covenant wouldn't be in the temple, if it didn't have a testimony, amen. And the interesting part about the tabernacle is that's where the Spirit of God rests above, is above the testimony, or it's above the, the Ark of the Covenant, amen. God needs our, our temple, our, this spiritual temple, to be built up to receive something before it can be anointed, amen. God has to allow this temple to go through some trials before it can be anointed. God may allow us to go through the worst pain that we've ever been through before we can be anointed. Amen. But the temple couldn't be completed without the Ark of the, of the, the Testimony, of the, the Ark of the Covenant. Your testimony is your basis of your foundation. Amen. Your testimony is the thing that's going to deliver you from some trials, amen. My testimony has done things for me that I never thought it would, amen. I remember the day that God called me to preach his word. And you know what? A couple months ago, I was thinking, well, you know, maybe I could start a, 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 an apostolic Pentecostal rock band. This is what I'm thinking in my head. But you know what God reminded me? He said, son, I didn't call you to go back to your old life, but I've called you to come to your new life, amen. So when God gives you something and when God calls you to a ministry, amen, don't try to go to your old past. God has built a new temple inside of you, amen. So don't try to add things to the temple that, that shouldn't be there, amen. Uh, if, if we look back at, at Aaron and his sons, they, they tried to wear something that wasn't told by God to be worn into the presence of God and they were, 
they were killed for it. Amen? I don't want to take my old life and try to throw it into this new temple. I don't want to take my old thoughts, my old ways, amen, and try to throw them into this new temple. Amen. You might have some gifts and talents. I, I, I'm good at music, so God wants to use me in that way. But you know what? God says, I don't want you to be comfortable, but I want you to succeed in my kingdom. So he gives you new talents, amen. He gives you these new things built up in your new temple, amen. I'm grateful. Clap your hands if you're grateful for that, amen. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Jesus. There's going to be a day when God calls you to something. There's going to be a day when the presence of God falls on you or a man of God touches your head and prophesies over you. It's going to happen. Every single one of us in this place. But your calling has to have a purpose. And we can be selfish and say, oh, God's called me to, 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 to a pulpit ministry. When you know, nope, God's called you to children's ministry. That's still a pulpit. We desire certain things and, and we desire to be seen. You know, one thing I see of this generation as, as our youth leader or pastor they want to talk. They, they, they want to have affirmation. They want to be involved. They want to do this and that. God doesn't always want us to do what we want. I wanted to be a rock star. I, I wanted to... Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to be on TV and all this stuff. I wanted to be, to be famous before God changed my life. And, uh, you know, I had the opportunity right before God called me. Uh, God changed my life, and then we had the opportunity of being uh, signed to a label. And uh, I had to tell all my bandmates, guys, I love you, but God hasn't called me to be in, be in this anymore. And uh, I'm, I'm so grateful that I never decided to take that, that route. But it's because of what God did in me. He allowed me to make the correct decision. He allowed me to, to be spiritually aware of, of where I was going. Amen. I didn't know completely who he was yet. But sometimes we may not know all the way who God is yet. Abraham didn't know who God was when, when, when Abraham was called. He just heard a voice and he's like, all right, sure, I'll try it out. You know, oh, polytheism was normal for these people. But there's going to be a day when God calls you. You may not know him all the way. You may not have a, a complete relationship as you should with God. But God is going to call you someday to a ministry. God's going to call you someday. But you got to realize when God calls you, it's going to be affirmed and it's going to have a purpose. Amen. Genesis 35, 9 through 15 says, And God appeared unto Jacob again, and when he had come out of uh, Padnaram and blessed him, God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob, and thy name should not be called any more Jacob, but Israel. Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee. 
The king, the king shall come out of thy loins and the land which I have given Abraham and Isaac. To thee I will give it, and to thy seed after thee will I give the land. And God went up from him in the place where he had talked with him. And Abraham set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone. And he poured a drink offering thereon, and he poured, poured oil thereon. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spake with him, Bethel. God gave Jacob a name change after he wrestled with that angel until God blessed him. And until God changed his name. Or until he got something from God. Amen. But God changed his name in, in uh, respect for, for taking the time and making a sacrifice to argue and wrestle with this angel for so long. Amen. But Jacob was anointed this day, and God supernaturally anointed him with a promise, with favor, and with a calling as his chosen nation. Amen. Jacob knew that he was blessed. Jacob knew that he was the offspring of Isaac and, Isaac and Abraham, but Jacob knew that he was anointed. But Jacob did not have a purpose until he had that testimony. Amen. God allows us to go through the fire before we can be refined and molded into the image that God wants us to be. The Ark of the Covenant wouldn't be the foundation of the Holy of Holies without a testimony, amen. But the provision dwelt in the tabernacle full of promises and provision and forgiveness, amen. The presence of God was there in approval of Moses' obedience in building the tabernacle. And God does the same thing with us. When God builds a tabernacle inside of you, amen, he will seal that thing with the presence of God, amen. We, we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, and, and that, that thing is the, is the, is the uh, is, it's the seal of our relationship. It's, it's, it's just the beginning, but realize we, something can be sealed, and it just sits there for for years and years and years with no use, but amen, God seals us, but then he says, you know what, son and daughter, I'm not going to just throw you by the wayside and, and just give you no, no place to go, amen, but I'm going to give you something to do, I'm going to give you a purpose, amen, that's the reason we get the Holy Ghost, it's not just so we can be saved, but it's so we can have a purpose, amen, there's people out in this city who do not know God, but you know what, there's somebody out there that God's told you to reach to, but maybe you didn't listen all the way, or, or maybe you didn't do this or do that, but amen. Those people are the reason that God saved you. God calls us all to two things. That's to be a witness and to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. God may not have given you a, a specific calling. God may not have given you a specific thing to do yet. Amen. But you can look at his word and say, you know what, God? Uh, I've been at you with this thing for a while. I've been serving you for this long, God. I've been doing this for your kingdom. I've been doing that. I've been walking through these open doors, Lord, but I still don't know where you've called me to. But the whole purpose of building the temple wasn't to get it anointed, but it was so the sins could be removed and the spirit of the Lord could be present. Amen. We didn't just enter into the temple just so we can get anointed or, or just so we can preach or just so we can do this. But we went there so our sins could be removed. Amen. We went there so that the spirit of the Lord could be present in our lives. Amen. Sometimes in Pentecost we want to preach or be used in this or do that and get noticed from people. But let me tell you, folks, it's not as easy as to get into this pulpit as, as it looks. 
This is something that takes some sweat and tears, amen. But this is just a little tiny piece, 5% maybe, of all the things that we do outside of this place, amen. If God's called you to preach, that's amazing, but understand that that is a burden. It's not something that's just easy. It's not just something you're going to do on the weekend, amen. This is a a 24-7, 365 days a year ministry, amen. I was so astounded that when Pastor went down to California, he told me I'm really excited to spend time with my son. But I look on Facebook and I see his his father-in-law getting baptized. And <laughs> I was just rejoicing because God spoke to me at that moment and said, "It's ministry is not always the way, way you think it is. Ministry is not always the way you think it is. God may send you down somewhere for a reason. But it may not be the reason that God set it for in the first place. God's going to give you a reason to go somewhere. God's going to give you a purpose to go here. But it may not be the way that you perceived it or thought it was to be. Amen. This pulpit comes with a cost. Ministry comes with a cost. Calling comes with a cost. A purpose comes with a cost. Moses could have continued and eventually became Pharaoh of Egypt and the most powerful nation at the time. But Moses said, no, no, no. I think God has a different plan for me. Do you think Moses would have imagined himself running to Pharaoh and saying, let my people go? No. Moses was there in in his sadness and and being depressed and saying, oh, I, I can't speak like that. Or I needed to give me somebody to do it for me. Amen. That's just how this generation is. I, w- I don't want to have to come up here and do this. Amen. But no, I'll push it off and say, oh, no, no, no. I'll just study the, the week before. Or I'll, or I'll just study the night before. Or I'll just try to wait for, for something from God. No, it doesn't work like that. You know what? The presence of God, the Spirit of God is going to give, going to give you something, amen? God's going to give you a calling, but it takes some perseverance. It takes some time of prayer. It takes some time of, of, of really taking and consecrating ourselves unto the ministry of God. Amen. I'm preaching to myself today. There's things I struggle with, and, and there's things I go through, Amen. But if somebody wants to think that living for God's easy, it's not. But the thing is, is that if we do it with all our capacity, if we do it with everything inside of us, it becomes easy, amen? Because you know what? Uh, I was talking with Robbie about this. There's, it says that if we do something 11 times, well, we, we become addicted to something. Or it becomes a habit, amen? Not necessarily addicted, but it becomes a habit, amen? So I, I find myself sometimes, and I'm going to go on an, an 11-day morning prayer journey so I can get my 11 days in to make this a habit, amen? Moses, while he was away, could have ignored the promises of God. Moses could have ran away from his situation. Moses could have fled from, from his, his, his mistake. Amen. Moses said, no, nah, I, I think God has something for me here. 
I think God has something for me here. As people of God, we have to walk sometimes out of our comfort zone to be able to be used in our purpose. Sometimes we have to do what feels uncomfortable, but the will of God has to be done. Amen. That's what, that's what God wants is his will to be done. It's not mine. It's not yours. It takes sacrifice to get a blessing from God. We're not doing it because of the blessing, but we're doing it because we see the results from it. I, I don't want to just do something. I don't want to just get up here to be blessed. I want to be able to do it sacrificially. But, you know, I have a different focus for it. I, I might have, a God might give somebody a specific word to preach, and it affects them. And that's the thing that's most important. You know, in, in, in a calling or a purpose, you may not get a response from the outside. But understand, in, in your calling or your purpose, that somebody may have be affected on the inside. And that will eventually plant that seed. And that thing will, will grow and, and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Amen. We have to be sensitive to God and walk under that anointing that has been given to this temple. Amen. We have to walk under that anointing as God seals, seals this temple or seals, seals our relationship with him as, as we walk into that calling or walk under that purpose. But it, the thing is, is that we can all be called to something. Amen. We can all have a purpose, but you can't fulfill something without a burden. You can't fulfill something without having a, a spiritual covering, amen. And, and what is that thing? It's the anointing. The anointing of God gives us a burden. The, the anointing of God enables us to go further in our ministry, amen. We often hear anointing is this mysterious thing that bounces from the clouds to here to there or from this seed to that seed and, and that it's something that we can't understand. But I want to tell you today, church, that God has a calling for you and he has a specific anointing for you to follow and confirm that calling. Amen. A purpose can't be fulfilled without an anointing. It can't. God has a specific plan with you in mind when he went to Calvary. God is raising up his church. God is raising up the chosen people. And God is moving. Amen. But as Moses completed the construction of the temple, he had to anoint the temple. He had to anoint the temple after the building and the construction. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. And our relationship has to get to the point, amen, where, you know, God starts speaking some things into our lives. God starts telling us to do this. God starts telling us to do that. And then there's a day, amen, when God's going to call you. Somebody's going to lay their hand on your head, amen, and tell you and prophesy over you that you're going to be this or that. But it has to be anointed, amen. It has to be sealed by, by the Spirit. It has to be sealed by the anointing, amen. And as he anointed the temple, as Moses anointed the temple, he had to anoint the, the man of God, and he had to anoint the people and the laborers of the man of God. Exodus 40, 12 through 15 says, And thou shalt bring Aaron and his sons unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and wash them with water. 
And thou shalt put upon the, uh, Aaron the holy garments and anoint him and sanctify him that he may minister to me unto the priest's office. And thou shalt bring his sons and clothe them with the coats. And thou shalt anoint them and, and thou didst anoint their father that they may minister me unto the priest's office. And this is the, this is the, 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 the point here. For their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. Amen. The builder of the temple anoints the minister, the Sunday school worker, the garbage cleaner, whatever it is. And the minister received, this is the interesting part, is that the minister, Aaron and his sons, received the office before they got the anointing. As the tabernacle was built and it was completed, that's when the anointing had to seal it. But the interesting part is that Aaron was already a man of God. Aaron and his sons were already men of God. They already had a calling. They already had a purpose. But they weren't anointed and given and fully given the, the uh, authority to work in the sense that God wanted them to until the anointing came. God gives us all a calling for some type of ministry. God gives us some talents here and there, but God says, I have a specific purpose for you. I have a specific purpose for you. God will give you a calling before you get an anointing for that calling. Amen. God anoints us and gives us the gift of the Holy Ghost, but as we minister in the office of the calling of God, the builder of the temple has to anoint that minister to confirm that working. Amen. We can try to do this on our own, but God has to confirm it. We have to put on those priestly garments. Amen. We have to walk in the righteousness of God. That's what those garments uh, are a type of shadow of is, is the righteousness of God. We have to seek the things of the kingdom of God. And that is the point in which God will allow the anointing to come on to the minister or the calling. Amen. God has a plan for each and every person in here. I'm not sure for who this message is for today, but God has an office for you. Don't be discouraged if you don't feel a burden. Don't feel discouraged if you don't feel anointing for your calling. Don't, don't feel like, like you, you can't do it yet. Think of the story of Joseph. This, this one's interesting to me. Joseph was called of God. He was chosen by God to deliver his people from the greatest enemy, which was famine. But Joseph received his calling in his dreams, and he told all of his dreams to his family of them bowing down before him and, and telling his own family of, of God's calling for his life. But they mocked him. Amen? His brothers were so jealous their jealousy led them to kill their brother, but little did they know that selling him to the slave traders, what that would do for his calling. Amen. We're going to go through some things in life. We're going to experience some things, but we may not understand the, the purpose of, of what we're going through. We may not understand the reason why this is happening or that's happening, but just understand that that is working towards the calling or the purpose that God's given you. Amen. God allowed Joseph to receive a testimony, and God allowed Joseph to develop before he was used for the glory of God and the attention that he was going to be used. 
Church, if God has called you, don't be discouraged. If you haven't been able to fulfill what God's called you to do, the enemy does their best to remind us that we'll never fulfill the promise or the purpose that God's given us. The enemy, like Joseph's brother, will try their best to distract us or discourage us from the call of God. The devil wants you to forget about what God's given you. The devil wants you to forget about the time that the man of God confirmed that what your calling was. It's time to take that calling that God has given you and walk in it. Amen? Amen? God has given each and every single person in this place a calling. God may have not shown it to you yet, but let me tell you this. When God gives you a calling, you need to walk in it. When God gives you a purpose, you need to fulfill it. Amen? God will allow things to take place to mold you and shape you into who God has called you to be. I'm so grateful for my calling, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The anointing is the oil or lubricant that keeps us moving. Remember, we're fitly jointed pieces together, moving in a body, amen? We have to have that oil to lubricate our, our, our joints. We have to have that oil to lubricate the different pieces between the body, amen? We have a hand that has five different fingers on it, amen? Pa- a pastor is telling me that, you know, the, the, the fivefold ministry is like, is like a hand. We have, we have uh, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but the anointing allows the fivefold ministry to move. The, five, the anointing allows the fivefold ministry to work together. The, the anointing allows our hands to, to do things. We have to be careful, amen. But we can try to fulfill our own desires for the calling. We have to be careful. We can try to fulfill our own desires to preach or to teach, to play in worship. We can't fulfill a role or a purpose to its highest capacity without an anointing. The anointing keeps us going. You can preach without the anointing. You can sing without the anointing. You can teach without the anointing. But the thing that makes you different is that you've taken the time to build a temple. You've taken the time to build your relationship with God. And and God has given you some testimonies in order to fulfill the purpose. You need an anointing. If you're going to keep going, you need an anointing. Amen. 2 Kings 2, 6 through 14 says, And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray for thee here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on, and fifty men of the sons and the prophets went, and stood to view afar off. And they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle. He wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither. So that they too went over the, on, on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask, what shall I do for thee before I be taken away from thee? And Elijah said, Pray thee, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. But nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be done unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, 
that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elisha saw it and he cried. Remember, if he didn't see it, he wouldn't have gotten blessed. Remember, if he wasn't following his master, he wouldn't have been blessed. My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. That's what Elisha cried. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them into two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell off of him. Elisha had some clothes on, but he said, no, I'm going to rip these things off and, and put on the mantle that Elijah had. And he also took up the mantle of Elijah that fell on him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also spent in the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. There's a lot going on there that I could go multiple different ways. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if we have time for that today. Praise God. But we often hear this portion of Scripture referring to our generation. How our generation isn't going to move forward until we take the mantle from the anointed man of God. Where there is a time and a place to preach that. I, I want to revere the Scripture in this sense of who Elijah was. If we, if we look at the name of Elijah, in Hebrew it literally just means God of Jehovah, El the I, and then Jah, which is Jehovah. Elijah was a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ. Elisha had to spend time with his master. Elisha had to be in constant connection with his master. Elisha prayed for him to bless him with a double portion of his spirit, but Elijah said, if you're not going to be with me, if you're not going to spend time with me, I'm not going to bless you. If you're not going to spend time with me, I'm not going to give you what you asked. But the interesting thing, Elisha had to be able to fulfill his role in the shoes of Elijah as God said, it's, it's your time to go now, Elijah. You fulfilled your role or your calling. But Jesus does the same with us, amen. We have to spend personal time with him. We have to make some sacrifices for the kingdom of God. Amen. We might end up having to wake up really early on some late night when God tells, us, tells you, I need you to pray for this person right now. And then, you know what, you wake up and you get a text from them saying, bro, I don't know what happened. I, I, God gave me a vision or, or God did this for me. Amen. Much like Elisha putting on the mantle of Elijah Elisha was able to do the same thing with the mantle that Elijah did. Jesus said, you're going to do things even greater than I did. Jesus said, you're going to do even more than I did. That's incredible to me. I want to see the dead raised. I, I want to see crazy things like that happen. I've seen healings. I've seen the gifts of the Spirit move. Amen. I've never seen a dead person raised before. I want to see that, amen. I, I want to take that mantle that Jesus has given me, and I want to be able to use it in, in, in the, the, the prophetic way or, or whichever uh, way that God wants me to, amen. But much like Elisha 
following Elijah, to, he wasn't looking for the mantle. He, he wasn't there to just get the mantle from Elijah. He wasn't there to get the anointing. But he was there because he wanted to learn from his master. He wanted to get better at his craft. He wanted to get better at what God's called him to do. Amen. There has been great men of God in Pentecost. But let me tell you today, you're not going to be a Lee Stone King. You're not going to be a Jack Cunningham. You're going to be you. I'm going to be a Godfrey Naluka. My wife's going to be a Lisa Naluka. I'm, I'm not going to get up here and change my voice. I'm not going to get up here and, and try to act like Jack Cunningham. Or I could sit down on I could make my stomach look pretty big. That's about as close as I'll get. But God has called us all. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that. But anyways, we, we can't be somebody else. Being from the millennial generation, the, one of the biggest things I see is I want to be like Michael Jordan or I, I want to be like LeBron James or, or I want to be like this person or, or, or I want to be like that person. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. You want to be you because God has called you to do something. God may have called LeBron James to do something or, or God may have called Michael Jordan to do something, but let me tell you what, they aren't preaching the gospel so obviously they aren't walking in their purpose. They're not walking in the purpose of God. Amen. But let me tell you today that the anointing is going to confirm that calling that God's called you to do. Hallelujah. The mantle of Jesus Christ is going to fall on you someday. God's going to call you to do something. God is going to give you that cloak or God is going to give you that anointing to fulfill the purpose that he's given you. Amen. But it takes time. It takes sacrifice. Don't be discouraged because God hasn't given you a calling. Remember, our focus isn't the calling. But our focus is, 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 is the man himself, Christ Jesus. Amen. Why don't we stand? I'm going to come to a close pretty soon. God is calling every single one of us to do something today. God is calling everybody to a purpose today. There's a reason that the ark is at the beginning and the end of the temple. We have to come to God in repentance as we enter into the temple. Amen. But as God constructs a temple inside of us, we come to another place of, of repentance or we come to another place of a, of a beginning. And that's a testimony, amen. A testimony takes sacrifice. A testimony takes something that isn't very normal, amen. But the thing is, is that it's your testimony. It's not my testimony. It's not their testimony. But the book of Revelation says, in the end time, that the people overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Amen. I want every eye closed in this place. If God has called you to something, I want you to lift your hands. If God has called you to something, lift your hands. I'm not looking either. 
every hand that's lifted in this place, God wants to give you anointing. And I'm saying that prophetically. God wants to give you an anointing to fulfill the ministry that he's called you to. God wants to do something special in your life today. But it doesn't come without an altar. You can put your hand down. Every person that didn't raise your hand, God is going to call you to something. It might not be normal. It might seem weird. It might not be something you've ever seen before or heard before. But I want to tell you this. We live in a world that has stumps with technology and things that it's never seen before. God may use you in a ministry to reach people in China through the internet where they don't have the gospel because their government takes it away. God may call you to things that might not seem Pentecostal in the sense of, of a fivefold ministry or, 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 a por- or a pulpit, amen. But let me tell you today, God will give you the power. He will give you the anointing to fulfill that call. Amen. I want every hand raised in this place. I want our eyes closed. I want to pray before I welcome everybody to the altar. But as we complete this prayer, I want every single person to come to the altar. It doesn't matter where you're at in your relationship with God. It doesn't matter what, what, where you're going, where you're headed, amen. But just understand this. God has a specific purpose for you that's going to affect somebody else's life. That's going to affect, it could affect one person. It could affect mil, a million people. But just understand, don't be selfish. I want to encourage you to not, not, not have to allow your own burdens to be so heavy you can't do what God's called you to do. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the calling in my life. I thank you for the purpose, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your anointing. Lord, I ask God that you can come down and bring an anointing upon every single soul in this place that hasn't been anointed, God. Lord, I ask that you throw your mantle on those today who need it. Lord, I ask, God, that you help us to not just dwell in our own, our own mindset or our own ways, God, but you help us, Lord. Let an anointing come down to, for your ministry to be fulfilled, God. In Jesus' name, I want every single person to come to this altar.